0: this is the houston football show brought to you by prime social club and inside edge with your hosts aaron wilson and sean bajani
1: all right thanks for joining us for another episode of the houston football show i'm sean bajani uh, from Sports Radio 610, joined as always by NFL insider Aaron Wilson who Covers the Texans for APRT Local 2. Aaron, Texans shutting down Damian Pierce and Derek Stingley for the remainder of the season. Um... I don't know what you think about that, but I absolutely think it's the right move at this point in time. Protect your franchise running back and Eric Stingley keep them healthy for likely what I think is going to be an entirely new defense next year. How do you see it?
0: Where I agree with you, you know, Sean, when you think about the situation, they weren't really you know, competing for anything at all. I know that Lovey Smith's trying to create benchmarks with – wanting a winning record within the AFC South. And that's fine. That's good, all well and good. But I don't really feel like it made any sense for Damian Pierce with a high ankle sprain to risk any further damage or lose some of his offseason, which will be you know, pivotal for him to try to build on this year. What does he have left to prove? The only thing that I thought was to be gained was you know, a statistical milestone. He could have had a 1,000-yard season. He's still probably going to be the leading rookie running back, He's still gonna be all rookie selection. Same thing for Derek Stingley, who didn't allow a touchdown pass. I just don't feel like there was ever really anything, you know, to be gained by playing any more football. With Derek, obviously, and you know, Lovey Smith has pretty much acknowledged this and they have through their actions. Not a mild hamstring, it was a grade two hamstring. And normally that can take about two months to heal from. And I expect him to be fully recovered be able to participate fully in the offseason program, which begins in April. And we'll see. Does it begin in April 1 when you have a new coaching staff or April 15th? If they still have Lovey Smith and this coaching staff, well, we're going to find out. But yeah, when you think about what might happen, though, know, they could be man-to-man, which might be better for him. I think any coaching staff, regardless of who the quarterback is, is going to run the football a decent amount. Damien Pierce is the best offensive player not named Laramie Tunstall on the Texans. So He'll still have a huge role no matter who is coaching him. But, yeah, I agree with you. It was time to shut them down. Might be time to shut Kenyon Green down too.
1: Yeah, that's a good point on Kenyon Green. And, you know, you were there um, when we asked uh, Lovie Smith, I believe it was last week, about the status of Kenyon Green and the likelihood of him returning. He seemed fairly optimistic at that point in time. um, But maybe, you know, just willing – Uh, To give it another week or so. One thing I will have to say about Kenyon Green, and it's not to, um, you know, talk down to or negate um, the latter two individuals that we were talking about, and Damian Pearson, Derek Stingley, both of whom I think played through some pain this season. Stingley with the shoulder, um, I think we saw, saw his toughness. But you know, Kenyon Green showed that willingness to play through some pain this year with the shoulder. Um, and I think he had a leg issue earlier this year that wasn't really talked about. I mean, season
0: knee surgery, and then he had a concussion in training camp.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And
0: so, he's, No, know, he's that, a tough kid. Uh, he just needs to get himself in optimal condition, spend this off-season dedicating himself to that. And I, my understanding, he plans to do that, to get himself ready for his second season. He's only 21 years old. He's yeah. a very young man. He's going to grow from this year. He did have some good moments. It wasn't all struggles and penalties. It was, you know, there were some times where I thought he really blocked very well. And I think that the jury is still out on him as a first-round draft pick. I wouldn't reach any conclusions. I think he still has a good future, and he still might play this year. It has not been ruled out that he might play again. The ankle has not, you know, progressed to a point where he has to be shut down. And the reason that they did that last game was because, really. Justin McCray's hamstring was pretty bad. He wouldn't have been able to play. He was an emergency option. And then Jimmy Morrissey would have had to be the left guard. They were preparing for either Jimmy Morrissey or plug-in Titus Howard. They thought they get their best five on the field. They did not allow you know, they allowed one sack, but it was Jeff Driscoll being ran out of bounds. So I thought they passed blocked block very well, and Titus Howard did a really good job. Chris Jones, who was sick for this past game, played, played 40 snaps, had no tackles. So Chris Jones is normally dominant. I know yeah. Titus did a good job on him. So that makes Titus even more valuable, that he can play right tackle and guard. His home is right tackle. He had a good season. I would say Larry McTunzel had a Pro Bowl caliber season. We'll see if he gets voted in tomorrow, uh, Wednesday that is.
1: Yeah, good stuff on um, you know Titus Howard, the job that he did at left guard. Uh, getting to play alongside Laramie Tunsil against Kansas City. I thought the same thing. They did a really good job. I thought Charlie Heck filled in pretty admirably at right tackle as well, um, with exception to, um, you know, his inability to really reach the outside shoulder on some of the outside outside zone runs to that side, um, and and really even just kind of pass setting. Obviously, the Texans didn't give up any sacks again for the second straight week, and it was his first game you know, in that kind of role in that situation against the tough defensive line. But I thought he he stood his ground and played played well enough, obviously, for the Texans to have a chance of winning, which they certainly had a chance.
0: Absolutely. Look, Charlie played a solid game, and I told Charlie afterward, it was emotionally significant for him because he's starting, and they're playing against his dad, Andy Heck, the offensive line coach for the Chiefs, and former NFL offensive lineman. So that, that was really meaningful for Charlie – and uh, you know for anybody that knows Charlie, really good dude, uh, really solid swing tackle, 6 foot 8, 315, a heck of a backup, pun intended to have him at left tackle or right tackle. if anything happens, He's someone that can step in and confidently fill the breach. I think that you know, he'll play in the NFL for a very long time. He's a very solid backup.
1: Aaron Wilson, NFL insider with us. Uh, Let's take a quick break, and when we uh, come back, I want to talk a little bit about Derek Stingley Jr. some more um, and also something trending in the right direction on behalf of the Texas offensive line. I want to take a minute for our friends at Houston's longest-standing poker club. It's Prime Social Poker Club. They're located at 7801 Westheimer long-standing reputation for taking care of their patrons with class quality and if you go check it out you'll see exactly why it's not just a poker room i mean it's a place to hang with the boys you get a great meal there uh drinks that get a fully stocked bar pool tables all kinds of games throughout the venue and of course dozens of poker tables prime social poker club twenty-one thousand members is what it's up to and you can become one yourself today lifetime membership in just ten dollars once you join up here's some of the perks you get You can take part in daily and nightly tournaments with buy-ins ranging from 60 to $5,000 guaranteed prize money with pots as high as 2 million. It's serious cash from Houston's best and first class poker club open daily 24 seven only closes when you decide to leave and they make it plenty hard for you to do so. They've got free play 10 to one daily happy hour, four to nine every day located at 7801 West timer. It's prime social poker club and Aaron, you know, I noticed on the uh, Tuesday injury report today released by the Texans earlier that uh, limited participation um, today from Rodney McRae. That seems to be something that is trending in the right direction um, on behalf of the Houston Texans. So I don't know if, if if that's going to mean a great deal otherwise, but they didn't really have anybody else to fill in at left guard. That's why they did decide to move Titus Howard over there at left guard to play alongside Laramie Tunsell. If, if McCray is able to, you know, return, then I, I think, you know, you obviously lose a little bit at that position. He hasn't been great um, in spot duty this season. And obviously he played quite a little bit before uh, they gave the reins fully to Titus Howard this season. But um it, the more bodies, the better off you are for the Houston Texans at this point as you're just really kind of struggling. And, look, many of these guys, to be quite honest with you, are probably trying to just count the days down um, at this point in time. Uh, less than a month left. you got three games, two two big games coming up in retrospect to your opposition and the Titans and the Colts who were uh, jockeying for first place within another year, same division, the AFC South, which It's been pretty bleak, but uh, Aaron's uh, dropped off. So I've got you the rest of the way tonight. You're in good hands. No problem there. Aaron's having some phone issues. And obviously you could probably tell that uh, he was out at uh, a location uh, meeting with a source. So hopefully he picks up a pretty good scoop and then comes back on and shares it with us. But you never know. And uh, if he doesn't, we'll have it for you one week from now on next Tuesday's show. But... I think I think that's good news if if McCrae can have a good week of practice, return, play some left guard, or maybe Kenyon Green has a good week of rest and rehabilitation and he can go without worry or concern of um uh, you know further injuring himself, which I kind of agree with Aaron, as he'd said about Derek Stingley and um You know, Damian Pierce, who the Texans have placed on IR and shut down for the remainder of the season. There was no need to push it. Maybe there's no need to push it with Kenyon Green. Um, Because what else? Here's the real question. What else could you possibly learn from this rookie class or really anybody on this roster that you don't already know? The last three games of the season, what else could you possibly need to see, need to know, need to learn about those individuals? I just don't think there's much there. So maybe don't push it. And, I, I, and it, maybe it's a little bit easier to say because of the state of this organization and, you know, the positioning of this team right now. I mean, they are twelve and one You could say it pretty much across the board for anybody and everybody. What more do we need to see from Nico Collins or Kenyon Green or uh, <laughs> Chris Moore, for that matter, you know, who was banged up a little bit with a foot injury Um, after the Kansas City Chiefs game. Brandon Cooks, I don't know if he's trending in the right direction. Something tells me that he's been tapped out the very moment that he got off the phone with his agent the day after the trade deadline, or the day of, rather, the trade deadline, November 1st, when his agent told him, hey, Texans aren't going to deal you. You're stuck here for this season, at the very least. Make the best of it. I think he's been checked out since then. So I don't need to see anything else from anybody. Um, I just want the 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 key guys, if you will. And yeah, I know the cynic and many of you are saying, well, what key guys? There's there's quite a few of them on this team, believe it or not, that um, many of them are under contract, not just next year, but the foreseeable future. And, you know, some of those key guys are of this rookie class like Kenyon Green, like Damian Pierce, like Derek Stingley, like Jalen Petrie. Um, just to name a few. And Tegan Quatoriano, there's a guy that we really need to talk about. Tegan Quatoriano, fifth round draft choice by the Houston Texans in this past year's draft, or in this year's draft, rather. When he's on the field, good things tend to happen. He played a season high 51% of the snaps against Kansas City, caught another touchdown pass, his second of the season. He's played in seven games. and as much trouble as I'll say the Houston Texans have had trying to figure out before Jordan Akins came, especially, what tight end was going to be the guy. Who can we rely upon that's going to really contribute here? I mean, they weren't good with going into the season with who they had. Brevin Jordan, um, you know, just really showed the inability to be consistent in catching and playing through contact, and he was a little banged up earlier in the year. He's been banged up since. Um, Tegan Quatoriano's dealt with a couple of different leg injuries, I do believe, um, this season, which of course is why he was limited to seven games. I mean, they went through OJ Howard. Now, when he came on, it was like, bam, immediate impact. But it's been very few and far between with OJ Howard, who I still think. You know, it was a pretty darn good tight end. At least could be in the league for somebody, maybe in a better offensive system than the one Pep Hamilton is running here with the Houston Texans. But I I think there's a lot of upside for a guy in Tegan Quatoriano. And there are only a few things that I agree with Lovie Smith on. But his assessment of Tegan Quatoriano um, is one of them that I do agree with him. When he talks about Quatoriano and what he's shown – And what a complete tight end um, he can be one day. And he's got the tools now to do it where, you know, he's a wider body, bigger guy, um, can block, can get off the line quickly, can catch, can make plays through contact. So get that yards after contact. Um, And he runs good routes. I, I really pay a lot of attention to him on the daily. Um, that 30 minutes that we as a media are able to kind of sit there and, you know, watch practice. I, I really, really like what I'm seeing from Teagan Quatoriano And so I think he's somebody that does have quite a bit of upside for the Houston Texans going forward. But I did want to get back to Derek Stingley just to make a couple of points, you know, shutting him down. He's going to end up missing the final eight games of the season just from what I've been hearing. I think people are kind of down on Derek Stingley because of two things. One, because of, well, I'll I'll go three. And two of them are really kind of tied together. And number one is maybe the notion that he's injury prone. Obviously dealt with, um, you know, injuries in college. The one really uh, big one, obviously, um, the the Liz Frank injury, which caused him to miss, you know, quite a bit of time. And he has had a hamstring before. But it's been a repetitive sort of thing. I don't really pay too much of attention to that because he is young. And I think being in the NFL your first year, like he was drafted where he was drafted because he possessed a, a strong and elite skill set, okay, that only so few had and not just this past year's draft, but just that so many guys that play his position do possess. Um, He's a highly skilled player, has a good build, and does have a toughness about him, which is a point that I really wanted to make sure I hammered home with Aaron and to you that are listening, is that we have seen him play through injuries. So this this perception and this comparison I've even heard, especially early in the season, like, oh, he's going to be a little bit too much like Jadavian Clowney, which I feel like is wrong on the surface already because Clowney played through all kinds of injuries, when he was here at the Houston Texans. And there are other factors that go into a guy. I mean, I guarantee you this. Nobody's going to be talking about Brandon Cooks as being a softy. The guy could probably play. If the Texans were, you know, jockeying for playoff position or trying to win a division, do you think this guy would have played last week? I think so. I mean, you never know about a calf. We've seen guys on this Texans team this season, you know, experience calf injuries and you know, one is never the same as the next, but yeah, they can hold you out a little bit. I, I just don't, I just don't really believe that in, in in Brandon Cooks. I think the guy's checked out. I think he'd play if he could. I just think he doesn't want to. He's thinking selfishly, and maybe you can't necessarily fault him for that completely, because we don't know a lot of the circumstances surrounding it. But that's neither here nor there. I want to talk about Derek Stingley. I don't think he's injury prone. But I also think he gets a bad rap because of the amount of time that he will have missed by season's end. He's going to miss half the season. And the third one is he's constantly being compared to Sauce Gardner, which is not totally unfair. But in terms of criticizing Derek Stingley for how he doesn't measure up to Sauce Gardner, um, who was taken after him, I think that's more of a conversation in which we should be focusing on with Nick Casario and how we grade him, and how we grade how he assesses talent, how he evaluates it, and how he drafts. I mean, so far, so good. I don't think it's been a bad draft. I think it's been a pretty darn good draft. Um, you know, the, the bulk of his guys that he chose in 2022 all played this year, and they've all shown some promise. You know, with the exception of of, of Booker and Deculis, Um which have, you know, big question marks on them in terms of like, okay, can or can they not play at the NFL level? I don't know, but what do you expect anyway for a fifth and a sixth round pick? So, aside from those two guys, when you look at Stingley and Petrie and Green, um, those guys particularly in a fourth round choice and Damian Pierce, don't look at where he was drafted. I mean, I think it's typically where you can find good running backs anyway, in particular, you know strong running back classes like you just were coming off of in 2022. The guy, if he's healthy, and I really think this wouldn't even be a discussion and the numbers would look so much better if, in fact, the Texans would have utilized him much more early in the season than giving away, throwing away his carries to the likes of Rex Burkhead. just thought that was ridiculous. Um, But I, I just think people are a little bit too hard on Derek Stingley um, I think it's a good thing that they've shut him down, get him healthy. He knows what it's like to be in a year at the NFL level, the training, and they've got a good medical and training staff, obviously, here. Every year running, it seems, as such with the Houston Texans. I think he probably could stand to get a little bit stronger um, and improve some things uh, you know, with, with his body, learning how to take care of it at a different level in the NFL versus college. It is a little bit different, and it depends largely on where you come from. And he came from a good program at LSU. But I'm looking forward to this offseason for Derek Stingley, for him to get healthy, obviously, for many reasons on behalf of the Texans, on the amount of money they're going to have to spend, which is quite a bit, and the draft capital that they're going to have at their disposal beginning on April 27, 2023, when they select number one overall. All right, let's take a quick break here from our title sponsor, Prime Social and Inside Edge, when we come back. Derek Henry and the Texans. Will he do it again? That's next.
2: Come out and enjoy Houston's longest standing poker room with a stellar reputation for class and quality, Prime Social Poker Club. At Prime, you will enjoy an upscale social environment, fully stocked bar, gourmet dining, pool tables, dozens of poker tables, and many other fun games throughout the venue. You can also join their over 21,000 members with a lifetime membership for only $10. What are you waiting for? Get into the game. Come join us at Prime Social Poker Club. Inside Edge was founded over 30 years ago as a data and analytics provider for Major League Baseball clubs. If you've seen the movie Moneyball, then you know Inside Edge. They were part of the data and analytics revolution in professional sports. Fans can now have access to the same insights and analytics used by pro teams for free at myinsideedge.com. My Inside Edge is a destination for sports bettors and daily fantasy players where they can find matchup specific insights and 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 projections to help make informed betting and fantasy decisions. Again, that's myinsideedge.com. All
1: right, welcome back to the Houston Football Show. Sean Bajani from Sports Radio 610 with you. Normally joined as always by NFL insider Aaron Wilson. He had to jump uh, out early this evening, uh, meeting with a source on something he's working on. So obviously, Not going to uh, stand in the way of that, let him take care of business, and he'll obviously be back with us uh, next weekend, um, or next week, rather. Uh, This weekend, Derrick Henry uh, is set to host the Houston Texans run defense for the second time this year. He's got six career games with 200-plus yards rushing, including four against the Texans. You know all the stats probably by now. All four of those games against the Texans in which he is rushed for plus 200 yards are all consecutive and current. The last four meetings against the Texans, he's rushed for 200 plus yards and I think a uh, third best in a career from this past year's meeting uh, in which he put up 219 week eight in a 17 to 10 Uh, victory for the Titans I can't believe that game was actually that close it was another one of those games through the first month and a half two months of the season that the Texans some way somehow actually had an opportunity uh, to win Um, there haven't been very many games in which they've been blown to bits and this past weekend against Kansas City was one that, man, I am so glad I am not that big of a gambler these days, but boy, I felt bad for people that bet on football this past weekend, really all year, because it's been a wild and wacky season in the NFL. Um, and as much heat as Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans offense, and run game in particular, has been taking over the course of the last month, and maybe rightfully so, It hasn't been good. Derrick, Hen- Derrick Henry hasn't been good. Um, with the exception of his last two games. It's like he circles the Texans on the calendar, he sees them coming up, and he's like, okay, I better get ready for these guys. I mean, before he faced the Texans week eight, he ran for 114, 102, and 128 leading up to the Texans game. Three weeks, the three games prior to that, where he got 21, 13, and 20 carries respectively, I mean, he was right around... Like an average of 3.85 yards per attempt. He ran for 82, 25 and 85 yards. Two of those losses against the Giants and the bills, and they beat the Raiders by two points week three. That's when he had, he had a pretty good game. 20 carries on, uh, for 85 yards, a uh, 4.25 average. But when the Texans are on on the docket, man, he, it's like he gets ramped up, ready to go, and it's at his place this time. So he's looking for a fifth straight game of 200-plus yards rushing. And as good as the Texans have played some better competition in recent weeks, the Cowboys and Chiefs particularly, I didn't think they played all that well against the Cleveland Browns and Deshaun Watson when they came to NRG three weeks ago, but it was certainly better than what they'd shown against the Giants or against the Commanders or against the Dolphins especially. After getting blasted 30 to nothing in the first half of that game, it was improved. But they have been markedly improved over the course of the last couple of weeks. And the big part of that has been, you know, turnovers. It's been the takeaway. They've given themselves extra opportunities. Sometimes they don't do squat with them. But it's also taking away the opportunities from the opposition, which has benefited themselves the most. So if they can do that, and it's certainly always a part of the game plan no matter who you play, but particularly against a guy like Derrick Henry who can just run the clock on you or just score at the drop of a hat, the explosiveness that he routinely shows against the Texans specifically has just been ridiculous. And I'll have to say this. I think as beat up and as drug through the mud as the Houston Texans, as a team, are this season, I mean, down key contributors. And, and Damian Pierce and Derek Stingley and no Steven Nelson this past week and no Kenyon Green this past week. I mean, who knows how this roster, this depth chart, the starters are going to shape up for Saturday against the Texans in Tennessee. I just would not bet on Derrick Henry to do it on Sunday. And by doing it, I mean, I don't think he's going to go for 200 plus. I mean, he might have a really good game. I just, 200 plus, it's like, it's commonplace now in our minds. So we kind of expect Derrick Henry to do that against the Texans. I just don't think it's done. I think it's based on the way the Texans have been playing as a team. They find a way to kind of muck the game up. And to be quite honest with you, while the Texans, had been historically bad through the first half of the season from a run defense standpoint. At one point, I think it was through week nine, they were on pace to allow 3,000 yards rushing against them. I think only two other teams in the history of the league have allowed that many yards run against them, and the Texans were on pace to do just that. But thankfully for them, uh, they had a couple of games in which they held their opponent. I think the Dolphins actually were one of them. I think they held them to like 63 yards rushing for the game, obviously letting uh, Tua into their own detriment. They were given the ball away that day. Um, they let other factors uh, do the dirty work for them, which contributed to their loss, another one. But the Texans have allowed fewer than 150 yards rushing just six times all season. What have you done for me lately? Despite the uptick in their play recently, their last three opponents have still combined to average 161 yards per game during that stretch. That's exactly who they've been all season, a team that's given up about 160, 165 yards on the ground every single week, so they're not much different. It's just kind of in the way that they're doing it. Teams aren't going off for such explosive runs To the degree that they had early in the season, they're still there, but they're not going for 40, 35 or 50 yard runs. It's been 15. It's been 20. It's been 11. And there hadn't been very many of those. They've been methodically moving the ball up and down the field on the Texans, chewing clock and gaining yards at a more methodical clip than the Texans had been really used to giving up the explosive play. And I don't think Derrick Henry gets 200. I think he probably has a really good game as usual against the Texans. I just don't think it's at a historic uh, number or clip uh, this Sunday. I want to take a minute here and talk about our friends at Inside Edge. They were founded over 30 years ago as a data and analytics provider for Major League Baseball clubs. If you'd seen the movie Moneyball, you know what Inside Edge is all about. Fans, you can access the game insights now for free. See all the analytics used by professional teams. It's at myinsideedge.com. That's myinsideedge.com. It's a destination for sports betters, fantasy players. Wherever you can find matchup-specific insights, the best is right here at Inside Edge. Myinsideedge.com. It helps make informed betting and fantasy decisions easy. And who doesn't want that? It's Awesome that anybody can access the insights for free. But the best part is a package that they offer. It's a five star game pick. And with that five star game pick, last season alone, they had a 71% success rate. They went 34 and 14 against the spread. You can't beat that with a stick, man. Subscribe today. Use the code Houston in all caps. It's Houston in all caps. You'll receive 10% off your subscription at myinsideedge, myinsideedge.com. Now, two guys that impressed me on Sunday or two rookies, and we talked about one of them already a little bit, Tegan Pretoriano. The other one is Christian Harris, who just played his seventh game as a rookie. So he's got seven games under his belt now as a professional. And I kind of go back to Lovey Smith and what he'd said leading up to Christian's first game as a pro. And he was asked, like, all right, you know, He's had a little bit of ramp up time. He had obviously, uh, you know, plenty of opportunities uh, to sit and watch and review film, and that's one of the things that Miles Smith, Lovey's son, who's the linebackers coach for this team, said he would greatly benefit from. And they said he did, but it's obviously, um, you know, something you just cannot replicate in in game action and playing against real competition. And certainly the Texans have faced off against some. Uh, dynamic offenses this season. Christian Harris has really started to come into his own. Led the team uh, with tackles this past weekend with 14. He had three tackles for loss. He made plays all over the field. Now, granted, I I really tried to pay close attention to him, particularly in the second half this past weekend. And he looked lost at times, particularly late um, when the Chiefs were driving. I think it was the drive. It was their first drive of overtime. The Texans, you know, were in a two high safety coverage. So when that happened, the Chiefs, I think, did a little pre snap motion causing Harris to kind of have to bump out. And he was on a slot receiver and he just looked absolutely lost. He looked over to his right and saw, I think at the time it was maybe Jake Hansen who was all by himself in the middle of the field, or maybe it was Kirksey. I can't remember who. There was just one linebacker in the middle of the field, and he was like, whoa, he threw his hands up, and he didn't know what the heck was going on. Well, I guess it was a predetermined read. Uh, I guess Mahomes had saw something to the left that he really liked, and he never really looked once that I can remember over. It was a, It was a really quick play. He didn't look at all, I don't think, to the right side, to his right where Christian Harris was. But, my gosh, whoever was at slot just blew right past him and had nobody within 10 yards of him. Mahomes maybe pumps left and throws right. Maybe that guy's, you know, running for a touchdown and ends the ball game at that point in time. I don't know. But that was just one instance in which I would felt like, all right, Christian Harris – and we'd seen it, I guess, before, and maybe that was just kind of like uh, something that, that amplified it for me because of high leverage situation – and he had X amount of games, you know, seven at that point in time under his belt where I just noticed like he's looked a little confused. He's looked out of place. He looks uncertain with his responsibilities and it's just learning a defense, recognizing what his responsibilities are in a particular coverage against a, a look that the offense is showing him. And certainly Andy Reed, Eric Bieniemy, Patrick Mahomes, those guys are going to show you every look in the book and then, probably throw the kitchen sink at you and still leave you scratching your head you don't know what you're seeing but i I think he just needs to improve his um, you know diagnosis of the situation and that's understandable for a rookie I just I, I think what we've seen from him through seven games should impress you enough to be excited about His sophomore season with the Texans, and I kind of threw this in under the rug earlier when Aaron and I were talking about Derek Stingley and why I'm kind of happy that they're shutting him down. There's no reason to push it, obviously, but I'm looking forward to seeing him maybe really show his real true skill set in a completely different new defense next year. Who's the defensive coordinator? Who's the head coach? What does the staff look like? I don't know. I can just tell you, I don't think it involves Levy Smith or really anybody that is currently on the staff on either offense or defense. There's one guy that I would make certain to retain, and that is the special teams coordinator, Frank Ross. But that's neither here nor there right now. I just think Christian Harris would benefit from a different system, just as I do Derek Stingley, maybe even a Jalen Petrie, all these guys. But just having another year in which they got a chance to play some decent ball, a decent amount of games, that is, um, under their belt, that's going to help them um, tremendously as well. And I think just being in a better system. I mean, not this archaic, um, you know, Tampa two defense that Lovey Smith is. No, oh, you know that we don't always play that. We're not always in that. You know that people people put that on us and they think we're always playing. No, you're usually playing an element of it. <laughs> it is true to a degree. It's always embellished, but um, what he's done defensively clearly has not. Um, worked greatly um, for, I, I think, the, the, the talent, the skill sets that actually are on this team. I do think that there are a number of guys that are better players than what we had seen from them just given the system, given the coaching, given the personnel decisions, and the way that they've been utilized. And I can't point to anybody else other than somebody that's kind of overcome all of that because he is just that good other than Damian Pierce. I think his numbers would be better. I think the Texans' numbers overall offensively in the win and loss column would be improved if, in fact, they used him differently or just flat out used him early in the season particularly when they should have in high leverage situations. It took a month before Damian Pierce saw inside of six minutes of playing time um, in the fourth quarter. Not once in the first month did they play him inside the six-minute mark of the fourth quarter, and they played in plenty of high-leverage situations through the first four games did the Texans. So, as far as Christian Harris is concerned, I think he could be another beneficiary of some new faces on the staff next year. Um, And just real quick on Tegan Quatoriano, I know I talked about him a little bit before, but the dude can be a real weapon. He's a complete player, I think. He just needs to stay healthy. He's already battled knee and quad injuries this season. It cost him to miss a ton of time. He's only played five games. So far, I think I said seven. But just going back and looking at his game, he's played in five games so far. If he stays healthy, you know he'll get just about a half a season under his belt, which is better than I really kind of thought he was trending towards initially when he was missing all that time uh, with that last injury, which was the quad that kept him out for so long. But he played in a season-high 51 snaps on Sunday, caught a touchdown, second of the season. I think the next three games, if you don't see him get more targets, particularly in the red zone, then the Texans are doing it wrong still. And I think if Royce Freeman is not your dude to hand the ball off to, whether it's uh, Jeff Driscoll or uh, Davis Mills, whoever the heck they have in a quarterback or split out wide, my gosh. Um, If Royce Freeman's not getting the football more the last three games and you're doing it wrong, I could absolutely envision a duo of Royce Freeman and Damian Pierce next season. And you couple those two guys with a new quarterback, your franchise, it's Bryce Young. That would be tremendous. And hopefully, prayers up for John Mechie. He beats cancer. He's back as another weapon in that receiving core, along with Nico Collins. Maybe you bring Chris Moore back. I certainly wouldn't be opposed to that. Brandon Cooks, if you're doing it right, isn't here. Philip Dorsett, if you're doing it right, isn't here. And nothing against him. I just don't think. I just don't think he he can, can he can contribute, just based off of what I'd seen. And maybe maybe I'm wrong. At least in this system, because heck, for all we know, he goes somewhere else and he catches 700 yards and eight touchdowns next season. I don't know. Be a good little slot guy. Um, I, I wouldn't be opposed to him. He's been a good guy in a locker room, good pro, along with Chris Moore. Um, but I, I just think this is an entirely different-looking offense, receiver core particularly, and I'm excited for what the Texans have at certain areas going forward, and I think, I think we all should be. That's going to do it for the show this evening uh, for Aaron Wilson, NFL insider. Uh, he apologizes in to me text saying, sorry, he had to bail, but he's uh, working on something. Uh, with source. So he'll be back next Tuesday uh, as always right here on the Houston football show. Before you go, we'll take a minute and hear from our title sponsor, Prime Social and the Inside Edge.
2: Prom Social Poker Club opens daily at 10 a.m. and doesn't close until the last person leaves. Now, that's 24-7, 365 days a year, so you can always get your poker game on at Prime. Also, daily, free play starting at 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. with happy hour from 4 to 9 p.m. They have daily and nightly tournaments with buy-in starting as low as $60 and going as high as $5,000. Now, check this out. Guaranteed prize money as large as $2 million dollars What are you waiting for? Get in the game. Prime Social Poker Club here locally in Houston, 7801 Westheimer. We've told you about the endless insights at Inside Edge, but let us tell you about the real goldmine. They're five-star picks, and in the 2021 NFL season, Inside Edge went 34-14 and against the spread for a success rate of 70.8. And now you have access to these five-star picks for only $20 per pick or get the deal of the lifetime. Every five-star pick for the entire year for only $149. Even better, our listeners get a discount of 10% on that access by using code Houston. That's code Houston. This has been the Houston
0: Football Show brought to you by Prime Social Poker Club and Inside Ed.